summertime's almost here. And you know, it's a lot of fun to watch playoff basketball and uh, baseball. And you know how the Major League season usually goes? By the time it's May, all we're doing is lamenting about how both teams are awful. And they're terrible. And also in May, we lament about unwatchable basketball playoffs with uh, absolutely no parity to them whatsoever. That's what we're used to in the month of May here in New York. But then 2022 came and said, that's right. It is time for a change. It's time to actually enjoy ourselves when we watch sports. This is downtown sports. This is where sports come home. It's mouth. It's beast. We have an MLB top 10. And for once, hopefully, it might include not just one New York team. Usually it includes none, but not just one, but two. Maybe I don't know. Well, we'll we'll see what uh, Tony and Chris have come up with. Uh, again, they didn't send it to me, so I'm assuming the worst here. Oh, we don't know that. I mean, it's it's been quite an interesting start to the season. We've had a few teams that have really surprised us a little bit in the first forty or so games of the year. Uh, I'm shocked some of them are in the positions that they're in right now, but can they maintain it? Let's begin. Let's begin with the team that are. Researcher Mr. Mainville put it number 10 on the top 10. It's the St. Louis Cardinals, 23 and 18. They're second in the National League Central. And right now it's Paul Goldschmidt that's leading the way for St. Louis, hitting 462 with four home runs and 18 so, RBIs in his last so 13 games. Wait, wait, games. wait, wait, wait. He puts Stubby's team at 10th. Oh, my God. Mouth, you cannot get over Mr. Stubby. Body slamming and suplexing Mr. Pete Alonzo. It was a clothesline. A clothesline. It was a freaking clothesline. He attacked Alonzo from behind. Well, you know, Alonzo said, I will put him in a hospital. He, Where was the hospital? Well, you know, he said he could have put him in the hospital. I'm pretty sure Alonzo could have put him in the hospital, but that isn't a mark of... Oh, Alonzo will, oh, oh, Alonzo will go to the hospital. Oh, Alonzo will go to the hospital. He needs a psychiatrist. I think, I think Mr. Alonzo needs, needs a psychiatrist. Yes. Uh, I, I think maybe the polar bear needs one, you know. Why? Because he got pissed off when somebody clotheslined him from behind. Wouldn't you get pissed? Well, would you be pissed to know Josh Donaldson got suspended one game for his Jackie comment today? You know what? And Tim Anderson's getting off scot-free. You know, the more I think about it, nothing, nothing was ever said to Donaldson about it. People just kind of took it. And when I heard about it, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I I don't think so, but let me see. And then the more I read about it, the more I realized Donaldson was kind of forcing that on him and he wasn't really saying anything about it. And eventually he just snapped. Mm. I mean, I don't think there should have been a benches clearing brawl over it, but, you know, I don't know. This is uh, a topic we can I, discuss I don't know exactly, but uh, you know, he shouldn't have kept he should have kept making that comment if the he guy really have. didn't seem that he liked it. I don't know. Well, I don't know. It's it's crazy. But anyway, the Cardinals at number 10. I think this is interesting. I mean, they're second in the Central. 
And Paul Goldschmidt's been leading the way, 462 average with four home runs and 18 RBIs in his last 13 games. And Miles Michaelis, sixth in the American in Major League Baseball with a 1.68 ERA, three and two in eight starts. I mean, again, the Cardinals, do they do they play in a very strong National League Central? Is it fair to say that their division's not really good? It's not. It's and not. they're second Cubs, place in a bad division. Cubs have underperformed this year, which is kind of they're a bit of a second shock. place in a bad division. Yeah. Only the Brewers are ahead of them right now. Only the Brewers. That says a lot. Now let's move up. Let's see which team is number nine. We're going to go to the American League. It's the Tampa Bay Rays, second in the American League East at 24 and 17. They're five and a half games out of first. Shane McClanahan, though, has been a big reason why the Rays are hanging on right now with a 2.33 ERA, three and two in his last eight starts with 65 strikeouts in 46 and a third innings. He's fourth in the major league in whip with a 0.86 whip. The Rays, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, we say this about the Rays every year. They don't need a lot of talent, but they find ways to keep themselves afloat in the American League East every year. And they find themselves here again. Yeah, here's the cool thing about the entire American League East. As long as the Yankees and the Rays and do pretty much what they're expected to do, both teams should make the postseason. Mm. And then you'll see where these teams rank because every single year, it doesn't matter what they do in the regular season. Mm-hmm. It matters in the postseason. And in the postseason is where the Rays are the most dangerous, in my opinion. Well, 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 unless you get to the World Series that they crumble well, apart. But in the American League playoffs, they're like a buzzsaw. Well, over the weekend, the Rays and Yanks will meet each other for the first time this season. So that should be a very interesting matchup and see where both these teams are and who wants to rule the East. We'll really I mean, find that out. Toronto has had a very disappointing start, but don't count them out. That roster is too talented. Well, right now, the Rays, the Jays need to get themselves uh, on a bit of a winning streak here. They're going to fall behind in that East, and you can't afford to fall behind the way at least in the early moment, the Yankees are running away with it right now. I mean, it's still cold in Toronto, though. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Until if they can Look, Toronto is not a is not a good city to play American baseball in during the springtime. Toronto, yeah, Canada, Canada's got a great following of sports fans. I'm not saying that baseball. they don't have a great following. I'm saying they don't have great weather for baseball. How are you going to hit? Well, they, well, they play in a close. They close. They they play in a closed roof in the Rogers Center. They they close the roof up if it's cold. They close the roof up if it rains, and they open it up if the weather's nice. They're not suited to play in Toronto when they have a good when they have a, a, a retractable roof. I don't know. Cold weather seems to hurt that team a lot. Fair point. Let's go to the team that's number eight on the top ten. It's Angels of Anaheim, twenty six and seventeen. They're second in the American League West. Uh, you know, the Angels had some expectations going into this year. You you had Mike Trout. You had Shohei Otani. You, you got Cindergaard in the offseason. Oh, Cindergaard. We'll get to him in a minute. But Oh, Noah. But we have seen some other Angels that have been leading the way that we didn't think were going to carry this team. Taylor Ward off to a very inc- really impressive start to his season so far, hitting 370 with nine home runs and 23 RBIs, a 1.194 OPS higher than that of Mike Trout. And Patrick Sandoval, an unknown, is leading the staff with a 1.79 ERA, 3-1 and one in seven starts. Well, Sandoval, and of course, Shohei- from what I understand, Sandoval was known about in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
here's the thing with the Angels. It's finally time for them to do something. Yeah. They've had the best two players in baseball on their never, roster for at least two years now. But they never surrounded them with decent talent. Now, yeah. Taylor Ward's hitting. You have Jared Walsh in the middle of that lineup that can By hit. By the way, Mike Trout is still the best player in the game. No. He still people, is. And know, now some, it's time for Mike Trout to start. I, I want to see the Angels worse. in the playoffs, if not for one reason. It you is know. time for Mike Trout to get his props. You just might get your wish. You just might get your wish. Let's go to number seven on our top ten. and It's another team that, uh, you know what? I'm kind of surprised, but I'm not surprised. Minnesota Twins are number seven on the top ten at 25 and 16. They're first in the AL Central. I wasn't Byron, surprised. I, I kind of wasn't either, but, you know, White Despite Sox, Sanchez playing like absolute and utter garbage. He's hitting about 230. That's not terrible compared to yeah, what he would have been hitting. Gio Rochelle has actually been fitting into that lineup quite well. And of course, Carlos Correa finally, after a slow start, has been hitting the ball now like Carlos Correa is capable of. I told you the Twins were a problem. I told well, everybody the well, Twins were a problem. Yeah. Byron Buxton is leading the club with 11 home runs. And Our Joey, statisticians laughed at us. Yeah. They Joe Ryan that was crazy. And Joe Ryan has carried this staff with a with five and two with a 2.28 ERA. And it's been very, been very, very impressive in the early. But game. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. Beast, I, I have no clue. Neither well, does Pete Hoffman on the fan. No, 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 no. We're, me, you and Pete are all stupid. Never count and- the twins out. Never count out the twins. Yeah, that they have a new Bomba squad, and if Gary Sanchez is bad, actually begins to sort even a little bit wake up. If he hits two sixty, that's good. If he hits two sixty, that's good. If he hits two sixty in Minnesota, that means he's hit thirty five home runs, and you're over the freaking moon. If he hits two forty five and twenty seven, he's done his job. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's done the. Minimum-ish of what you expected him to do. Mm, I mean, no, Sanchez isn't having a good start in Minnesota either. So it's not scenery. It's not coaching. It's something with him. And he's got to get it figured out because this is his last chance. Right now, but he's got a great roster around him. The twins have a a pretty firm grip of the central right now. Although yeah. the White Sox are coming, I wouldn't sleep on the White Sox. They're they're right there behind them. You have that's gonna be that's gonna be a race. That's gonna be a two team race. The Indians don't factor the Tigers unless their young talent all gels and learns how to play together this year. You never know. That could happen with a team of kids. It yeah. it does definitely. Look at that. Look at uh twenty fifteen for both the Yankees and the Mets. Teams of kids who it cracked at the right time. There you go. Just goes to show you. Let's move on. Number six on the top 10, the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, I mean, Yelich, you kind of had a feeling was going to start to tail off a little bit. He's 30 years old now, is Yelich. You know, he's not going to have the same no. automatic numbers but he had about two, three years it's ago. It's just uncanny how that franchise over the past 15 years has just gotten player after player. Give credit after player to Craig Council. Break. Give credit to Craig Council. Well, where the, it's yeah, he's great too. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns have evolved in this rotation. It wasn't long ago. These guys, we didn't know if they were going to be front Isn't of the Corbin line Burns going to be hitting the free agent market soon? Uh, he should be. I Next mean, couple right, of years? It's going to be not for a little while, but yeah, he will be soon hitting free agency. He's right now. He, he signed a, a one-year deal. Most recently, the Corbin Burns. He signed a one-year contract. Okay, 
So that would make him at least eligible to be a free agent. He's He has arbitration for 23 and 24, and then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2025 when he turns 30. That's where Corbin Burns will stand as far as when he gets to the end of this year. He's 27 now. So they got uh, about a three-season window to get this done as Milwaukee. About. Because so, they're not a big spender team. They're going to have to move on to their next arm in the farm system and going to have to let this yeah. young man go. So Milwaukee's got a three-year window to win a World Series on the arm of Corbin Burns. But I'll tell you this. How close is Hayter to a contract? That's well, another uh, question. Well, well, Josh Hader now, he's 28 years old now. <clears throat> so as far as when he could test free agency, I, I, I believe his free agency is coming up soon too. He signed a one-year deal as well. He's arbitration for the eligible for the fourth time next year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2024. I'm the sorry. They have a two-year window, including this year, to win the World Series. Yeah. Well, the Brewers better, uh, if this if there's any of the Brewers could make a run at it, it's this year. And they're going to have to make a run at it, or they're not going to go very far in that I think last year's I think last year's team was a little better suited because Yelich uh, played just a little better last year. Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, the Reds... The whole entire NL Central is in decline, but, you know, good yeah. on the Brewers for being 11 games yeah. over. Let's see how they finish the season. Once again, for them, yeah. it's the playoffs. Let's go to number five, and it's in the West. The Houston Astros, number five, 27 and 15, first in the American League West. Jose Altuve over his last 12 games, five home runs, eight RBIs. And Justin Verlander leading the major leagues in ERA with a 1.22 ERA, six and one in Eight starts this year. This is the team that just will Doesn't not go away. Die. They will not go away. They will not. No Correa. This team still hits. Altuve got off to a slow start. This team can still hit. Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman. It's just incredible the death of this Astros team and. Just Dusty Baker puts this team in a good position every single season to win i mean dusty baker buck showalter i think these older guys who have embraced analytics because let's be real they wouldn't be coaching if they didn't embrace them no general manager would hire these guys unless they embraced analytics but if you can embrace analytics and also keep your own philosophies and know what to do as a manager you know they actually trust these guys to have some sort of leeway and control with it. They use the analytics. Yeah. But they don't live by them or die by them. And finally, the Yankees aren't living or dying by them. Aaron mm-hmm. Boone's starting to figure it out. Buck Showalter obviously took 10 years to watch uh, baseball and be a broadcaster yeah. and be an analyst. analyst and yeah. took and, uh, Little did we know, we thought he was trying to sit back and retire as a broadcaster. No, that was all research. We have seen so the old school managers. And do, by the, with the Mets, come here and do what he's done. Well, so far, we haven't seen them on the top 10, so I'm just making well, an assumption that they'll be there. But Well, in fact, you don't have to wait much longer. In fact, our number four team on the top 10 is the Mets, 28 and 15, first in the National League East. By and a yes, lot, by a lot, by the way. Buck Showalter, and we've talked about the difference he's made on this team, and you really see the team not only playing hard for him, but they're doing smarter things with at bats. They're they're getting clutch hits with two outs. That's what the Mets have been doing all year up to this point. And it's a they good thing that they've built 
it's a good thing that they built such such a lead in that division. You know why? Because now their top three starters are hurt. Yeah, three. Max Scherzer not just out. One, not two. Yep. Three. Yeah, Tyler McGill out at Max. least for another two weeks. Jacob Degrom still is not progressing from his injuries, and we're not going to see him until at least after the All Star break. In fact, it's looking like Degrom might never pitch for the Mets again. Who knows? Max Scherzer now out six to eight weeks with an oblique injury. Oh, so oblique. That's that famous word. That yeah. famous word that generally means so. they are never seeing them again. So now the Mets are relying on a rotation of David Peterson, maybe uh maybe Tywan Walker, they got Peterson. Yeah, and you got, and you, they you got, got Williams, you got Trevor Williams. Eh. Mets are gonna have to think about getting themselves maybe another arm. I don't know how long they're going to last with about a four-man rotation. Maybe call up a fifth starter if need be. Maybe Seth Lugo goes back to the rotation. Who knows? But that's not a bad call. Maybe that's not a bad call. But, you know, I mean, maybe, keep him as your long man. Maybe you have to ask yourself: Should the Mets have gotten rid of Stroman when they did? Maybe yes. Marcus Stroman could have stayed a little while longer. No, I'm not questioning that. Who the hell loses three out of their five pieces of their rotation in a month? Well, you can't well, of course, we're the Mets. We do. We do that all the okay. time. Uh, is, uh, uh, the Yankees, the Yankees pitching staff has also been bit by the injury bug. OK, uh, Yankees lost Chad Green for the year. Tommy John surgery. Chad, Chad Green is out for the year. That's a big piece of our bullpen. That is Gone. actually very bad. It's a very big piece. Look, uh, the Mets are still in first place Aroldis by a lot, Chapman. so I'm not worried. Aroldis Chapman now is dealing with an Achilles. We have a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, by the way, usually when stuff like this would destroy the Mets in the past, it would be because we had no lineup to speak of. Now we have professional hitters. Well, Pete Alonso is the big reason why. Tied for the Major League Baseball lead in, with 37 RBIs this year. Oh, yeah, by the way, Dom Smith wants to play every day. I want another pitcher. Well, let's Dom, let's Let's make a deal. Maybe trade you saying swap Dom Smith. Uh, kind of an interesting to get rid of a bat like him. I I, I thought you liked Dom said, Smith. I do. I love him. But he said he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to be here. If he's unmotivated to be here, he says he wants to play every day. That's what he's looking for. Obviously, you're not trying to win a championship. You're just trying to play. Well, so I don't trailing need people on this team who aren't thinking about the whole and are only thinking about themselves. Well, so, there's still some pitchers out there the Mets could grab. Maybe Frankie Montas joins the Mets, another Oakland A to join Chris Bassett and Starling Marte and Mark Canna. Maybe add another know. Oakland Smith A to the rotation. A, Dom Smith is a valuable piece, and I Definitely. think Dom Smith can improve just about any baseball team. We'll see where the so Mets there would have to be a starter. I would have to say, I would need a major league level two MLB ready prospects. Two of them I would need. Let's go to our third team now. Number three on the top 10. It's in the National League West. The San Diego Padres at 27 and 14. Manny Machado leading Major League Baseball in batting average 374 on the year, 446 on base percentage. Earn that $300 million, brah. Earn that $300 million. And Joe Musgrove leading the rotation with a 5-0 record and a 1.90 ERA in six starts. I think this was the Padres everyone was expecting last year. And you know how scary this Padres team is now? And they don't even have Fernando Tatis Jr. in the lineup yet. He's not coming back till at least June. Just remember, kids, last year the Padres had one of the best records in baseball, and I think they even had the best record in baseball for a time. Yep. And, and then things took a bad turn. And then things took a turn. 
and then they didn't even make the postseason. So. Yep. Well, Machado's going to have to continue to carry this team, and then Tatis will have to come right along and further the and, momentum. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Tatis, now you had better earn the face of oh, the yeah. franchise title oh, back because uh, Machado just uh, grabbed that brass ring and ran with it. Mm. Number two. Number two it is. We're staying in the National League West because another team is slightly ahead of the Padres. The Los Angeles Dodgers, 27-13. and 13. Am I about to hold on? Am I about to get real pissed at some homerism going on here? Why are we getting a little pissed at homerism in this regard? Because I know who wrote this top 10, and I think this person used their own personal bias instead of uh, actual fact. You could have flipped this in either order. You could have put the Dodgers three and the Padres two. I mean,. No, I don't see a very big. I don't unless big unless there's a team that hasn't been included in the top ten as of yet, and they should be. And if they're not, then if they're not in the top ten, that's actually worse than them being number one. Mookie Betts leads Major League Baseball with 40 runs scored this year. Yeah, and Tony Gonsolin has Dodgers been a, while I keep talking crap about Tony or me. Tony Gonsolin has been a very nice surprise in this rotation with a four and record and a one point six two ERA. And this Tony Mainville has Kershaw. This yeah, is and with Tony no Kershaw. Mainville, and Tony Mainville has uh, been proven to now have just as much of the uh, I'm a fan, so I'm going to put them above everybody else. Bug is Chris. You're not Lodge. calling him a bandwagoner, are we? Are we calling I'm him not a bandwagoner? calling him a bandwagoner? I'm calling him a person that advances his own rooting interests over facts. Oh, no, no, I, I, I think Tony gave this some very good thought. And he's you not, only look, approve because you're a Yankee fan, too. Uh, no, no, yes. no, 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 yes. No, go no. ahead and say if this is an NBA. If this was an NBA top 10, I can understand where your argument with Chris goes being how he lives and breathes his Golden State Warriors. We'll talk NBA later and we'll talk about that in the second half of our show. But oh, no, Chris hasn't escaped the ridicule just yet. OK, but. The Dodgers, it's no surprise how they continue to dominate the National League West. It's it's a close race. Uh, the one team I'm surprised to not see in this regard is the Giants. The, the Giants have actually been falling off a little bit over the last week, two weeks, and they're not terribly far behind, but I'm a little worried if I'm a Giants fan right now. I think losing Kevin Gosman to free agency might have really hurt this team more yep. than people realize. You're still not addressing the big pinstriped elephant in the room. Just say who's number one. Well, I think we all know who it is. It's the Yankees. 29 and 12, first in the East, best record in Major League Baseball. Nestor Cortez Jr. has led the way in this Yankees rotation with a 1.80 ERA and eight starts. Such a farce. And Clay Holmes has been unhittable in the Yankees bullpen with a 0.42 ERA. This is such a freaking farce. This is such a freaking farce. Aaron Judge leading Major League Baseball with 15 home runs. This Giancarlo team Stanton third in the and this ownership and this general manager does not deserve the stroke of luck that, uh, that arrived upon them. They're going to be forgiven now. And Cashman is going to get re-signed. Oh, God. Oh, God, it doesn't well, matter that Joey Gallo can't hit. It doesn't matter that Glaber Torres is a failed experiment. It Glaber doesn't Torres matter. Torres has been hitting a little better of late. He's actually been, I've actually seen Glaber doing some things that Glaber of last year did not do. Okay. 
He's been actually getting better at bats. He's been stealing bases a little bit. Actually, oh. smarter base. Actually, smarter base running than I've seen. He was supposed to hit thirty home runs and be a freaking RBI machine. Where was Sometimes that, Glaber? You don't need to hit 30. Maybe Glaber has learned I don't have to hit 30 home runs. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe Glaber's taking a, a, a more hitting approach than a power approach. Sometimes batters change that. You know, did DJ LeMahieu have to ever hit for power, as far as I remember? Malcolm? No. DJ LeMahieu doesn't have to hit for power. Does Isaiah Kiner Falefa hit for power? No. You gave up Didi Gregorius for this guy when you could have traded him and gotten yourself starters that are better than your actual current rotation. Well, you know what? Gregorius is hurt now, so you know what? He hasn't been nearly as the same hitter that he was when the Yankees let him go. Maybe the Yankees uh, knew that the writing was on the wall, that maybe Didi's production was in decline and it was Don't time tell to me get you're going to start to give Cashman credit because I'm, I'm not giving Cashman Cashman credit. credit. I am going to. No, don't do it. I'm not. I'm not. Don't you do it. I'm not. Because he still needs to be fired. Yes, he does. He I'm did sorry. Not address, that offseason was pathetic. He did and not address. Second, yeah, he did not address starting rotation. The second, not. the second Severino gets hurt, and the second Nestor Cortez comes back down to earth, this Yankee team has the same troubles it's always had. It doesn't matter how well they play right now. It matters how healthy are they going to be in October because this team has made the playoffs every single season from 2015 on. There are three albatrosses holding this Yankees team back right now. Three. Okay. If you say Stanton's one of them, you're an idiot. No, 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 no. Aaron Hicks. That yes. seven that seven year contract was a complete joke. If that's He's an albatross, if a ten million dollar a year contract is an albatross. Oh, I got more. Oh, I got a lot more. That's not an albatross. That's an excuse. Araldus Chapman. Araldus Chapman is scaring me of late, and now with an Achilles injury, you noticed. Uh, have you noticed over the last few games the Yankees have kind of gone away from Chapman closing games. They're kind of going with Clay Holmes a little mm-hmm. bit more of late. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Aaron Boone. Chapman's maybe. older. Yeah. And you notice Chapman is not throwing. Uh, and you notice Chapman is not even throwing 99, 100 consistently anymore. He's throwing like 94, 95 now. And Except he has been pitching very well until he started losing control. Yeah. Over his last five appearances. He's been giving up runs. Mr. Walk, Mr. Walk the ballpark is back. And he cost the Yankees the first of two games in a doubleheader last yesterday, which Not didn't good. help you. You bring him in in a tied game. I don't understand that. And then, of course, the last albatross is Joey Gallo. How many how much longer do I have to see Joey Gallo with a barely under Mendoza line hitting average and striking out half the time he comes to the plate? Yes, if he's got this, a great glove, but he can't hit. If this were the old regime. Joey Gallo would be on a bus somewhere. Um, the fact that he's not is beyond me. Uh, Rizzo, as well as he's played, mm-hmm. is no Freddie Freeman. No. Uh, look, and he's not. And that's he, where he, he that's the guy you needed. He's been struggling um, too. Look, and uh, you know, Glaber Torres is nice of a player as he is. Yep. Well, the Yankees uh, have another. The oh, Yankees have Volpe coming up. You could have had uh, Manny Machado. And uh, could you imagine if Manny Machado were a Yankee right now? There's absolutely no excuse for that. Maybe even Carlos Correa could have been a Yankee. Nah, I, I, I nah. Correa's Correa's like the poor man's uh, the poor man's version. Manny Machado was the best thing on the market that was available to you guys years ago. You didn't take advantage of it. It was silly. The word for that was silly. Should have, would have, could have. If you were the Yankees in free agency, and I'll tell you this much, 
You have a lot of pieces that are coming off the books next year. Aaron Judge did not sign to a contract. He's a free agent next year. Chad this Green is, is a free agent. Off the books. Chad Green is a free agent next year. Do you hear yourself? Like, do you honestly hear yourself? Pieces coming off the books. Did, did, did that statement just, just twirl around in your head for a sec? <laughs> okay. What does that sound like? Yeah. No. Yeah. That sounds like me a few years ago. The Yankees. Back when have... I was under the dark rule of uh, the 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 evil Wilpontian Empire. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna shred that little uh, I'm gonna shred that little piece of uh, garble, and I'm gonna. Uh, but I'm gonna say it very straight here. The Yankees have some decisions to make. Judge is a free agent next year. He hasn't signed a new contract. He should have signed to a contract this year. The Yankees. He wanted more. He wanted to test the market and, and, and put bet on himself to, to get the money he deserves. Hopefully, the Yankees will make the right move and pay him. Then you have to worry about Chad Green. He's not, be in New, don't worry. Don't worry. Aaron Judge will be in New York. I promise he's going to be in New York. Chad Green is a free agent this coming season, and now he has Tommy John. He may have hurt his own value getting hurt now, and I don't know if teams will take a gamble for him. Probably not. And then you have Araldis Chapman hitting free agency. Uh, if you keep him, then you're silly. Yeah, well, but I promise you, Aaron Judge is going to stay in New York. I guarantee he, you he will oh, stay. He in needs New York. to. Oh, he oh, will. He, ne- he needs to. He's just going to be in Queens. That's all. No. He's going to be in uh, left field for us. No. No. Yeah. I can't. I can't see it. Yeah. I can't see him going to the Mets. Uncle Stevie's going to get me a nice present. It's going to be worth three hundred million dollars over five years. I'm it's not even sure great. Steve Cohen will want to spend ridiculous. Too much to the board of ridiculous. I know he spent a lot of money this offseason, but I don't know if he's going to want to. You know, Steve Cohen is a good is, is a is a good businessman, right? You know, he's he doesn't want to have a bloated a team bloated with with high end contracts, and then what happens when you have to? You know, you're on the, over the luxury tax for a while, and you have all these high priced uh, contracts you can't get off the books for another few more years it's a problem you don't want to no says hi aaron i'm going to give you 60 million dollars a year for 3 years then you can go test the market again hmm. while he's still in his prime well if judge can stay healthy the rest of this year he's 30 now He's going to have to avoid more any further injuries. Okay, how about to... this? I'll give him $300 million over five years. Let's see if Judge would be bold. By the way, the years. Yankees did $25, 250000000 million over five. He didn't take that. And he didn't take it. No, he didn't uh, take it. No. Is he going to want to get paid maybe Mike Trout money? I think he should. Some team will give it to him. But do you know what? It might be the Mets. Well, never see. know. Might never know. Could be the Mats. With that. It's going to, that's going to conclude our MLB Top 10. Well, we're going to take a little break, and when we yes. come back, the NBA playoffs, the conference finals, we're getting down to the home stretch, and only two teams will advance to the NBA finals. And the last, segment, the last segment, I kind of, uh, I kind of got on Tony Mainville for his uh, homerism. The next segment, I'm going to get on Chris DeLarge, because all year long, he was very, very quiet. He was very quiet about his team and then all of the sudden when they beat the Grizzlies all I heard from Crystal Large was Warriors 
Warriors, Warriors, Warriors. We're going to talk about those Warriors. Back after, after this. this. And we're back to downtown sports. I'm the Beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente, along with my co-host, the Mouth of the South, John Schiavone. You are listening to Downtown Sports, and you can hear us now on 18 different platforms. That's right. 18 of them. Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podday, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Audible. And we're only continuing to grow because we are downtown sports and we are where sports come home. So now we dive into the NBA conference finals. And we've had two very interesting tales of two different stories right now in the West and in the East. And we'll begin with the West, which honestly, I thought this was going to be somewhat and I'm saying this very nicely, somewhat of a competitive series. Yeah, if it were the Suns, it would have been. And it has been completely one-sided. Well, because when you Warriors. have one player, who, Home by State. the way, one that one player is Luka. And, oh, yeah, by the way, who guards that player on the Warriors? Either Draymond Green. No, not even, not even. It's either Steph Curry or Klay Thompson, both of whom are freaking plus defenders. People don't even realize that sometimes about how good of defenders these two are. The Warriors are the best defensive team in the Western Conference. They are. <laughs> I thought that title belonged to the Dallas Mavericks. I thought no. they led the league in the West. Uh, as far as I was concerned, they had the best defensive team in the league. Yeah. When the playoffs come, it, it's a different fall down to story. Earth. You fall back down to earth and all those uh, little expectations you put on yourself and that you thought what you could do against the Golden State team who's literally just been trying out lineups all year long. <laughs> At least that's no. what it's looked like. They've been trying out lineups all year well, long. Honestly, if you take away the first game, which Golden State blew the Mavericks away 112-87, the last two games have been close. It was only by nine points. They weren't blowing out the Mavericks. It was just a matter but of, that's well, a dominating win. 126-117. Dominating win. But here's well, here here's the key for, the, for what game... What game two ended up becoming? Yeah. Golden State outshot the Mavericks in the third quarter, 25-13. Now, as we look at last night's game when it was 109 to 100 the other night. And you know what? Once again, it was the third. The third quarter has been killing the Mavericks in these playoffs right now in the early going. They scored only 21 points in the third. Golden State had 30. And that played the difference the rest of the game. Is when you could pop out a 30-point quarter when you're not even having a great shooting night. Luka Doncic is, had 40 points. Steph Curry had 31 points. Doesn't matter because Clay will have like freaking 28 next to it. He had 19. Clay only had 19, and he wasn't even shooting that great from the field. Yeah, so that's... But yeah, here's so who, Andrew that, Wiggins picked up the slack. Points. Andrew Wiggins picked up the slack. This is just so many... Draymond is the fourth option. Yeah. He's the fourth option. Yeah. And you had 26 from Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench. You had 20 from Brunson, from Jalen Brunson. But everybody else in the Mavericks, Reggie Bullock, zero points in 40 minutes. Finney Smith, nine points. And the last guy, everybody else was two points, three points. That was it. You had 
four map yet three Mavericks scoring zero points, including yeah, I hate to mention his name, Frank Natilakina, even played four minutes and scored zero. This has been the Mavericks for you in a nutshell. And unless Luka Doncic has at least maybe a third score with him, this Mavericks team's not going anywhere in the Western Conference as far as I'm concerned. Do you think the Mavericks are missing maybe a a fourth, maybe a third score to go alongside Brunson and Luka? You think they need maybe a third a third addition to this team to Everybody talks about the era of the super team is over. Oh, it's not no. over. But here's the thing, though. Golden the one State, super team just, you know, was a little hurt over the past couple of years. Do we call Golden State really a super team? Because uh, yes. these guys all came up via the draft. These guys weren't picked off of somebody else's basketball team. These guys came up through the draft and became Yes, great. Wiggins came through the draft on the Cavaliers. And, okay, uh, yeah, Wiggins was, uh, Wiggins was one exception. But we didn't know Wiggins was going to. It took a while till he kind of blossomed into a player and he needed a change of scenery to get good. I have a okay. question. Does it matter who grew them if they are what they Clay are? Thompson, Curry, and, and Draymond Green both, came up from and a draft. all three of them, and all three of them legitimately took less. Well, no, didn't Clay sign a max? Yeah, I mean Curry. You know, Curry took Curry a took more less, money a lot Curry less, took a little bit less, Clay, a lot less. They wanted to make sure they wanted to stay together. That, you know how rare it is for a trio that, like these to stay together, to take exactly. less money to play on the same team? Exactly. And uh, when was the last time you heard something like that happen? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think back. You know, there was a Jim Gray special. You know, the last time stars actually decided to take a lot less money than what they were worth. Kind of oh, bit of a yeah. turning back the clock. You don't really see that anymore in the, in the game anymore. Everybody just wants to go where the money is and. Uh, pay me three hundred million dollars, and I'll 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 win a ring for you. you the know, super team is back. Oh yeah, and by the way, uh, Miami. Is... I, I think Golden State's like the dying breed of super team. If you ask me, I think I don't Golden think State's they're like... dying. No, 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 they're not dying. They're they're, they're going to be alive for a very long time. You may only may own a couple left of this trio playing at an elite level. They're thirty. They're entering their 32, 33 years now. Yeah, Maybe. but if they win three more titles, it won't well, really matter. Depending on who comes out, and we're going to dive into the Eastern Conference Finals, which right I've now. been looking into. And by the way, uh, it's interesting. Comes out, they're beating the crap out of each other to go run into a buzzsaw. So, uh, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. I mean, and these two are very Lowry's evenly matched basketball up, teams. Butler's banged up. Marcus Smart might not play in game. Four, um, Butler might not play in game four. He left after what, um, 20 minutes, yeah. eight points in game. Consider, three. Miami should consider themselves lucky that they even won game three. Boston nearly by this much could have stolen game three. Yeah. Miami had to hit a couple of clutch buckets at the end to win. Now, I still say don't count Boston out. If Boston does move on, they're going to be very dangerous. No doubt about it. You saw what Jalen Brown did the other night, 40 points. Jason Tatum only had 10 points. He didn't even play nearly his best, 10 points in 41 minutes. Horford had 20 points in 42. I mean, that's turning back the clock here with Al Horford. And then Marcus Smart, okay, 16, not terrible. All right. And then look, the rest of this Boston Celtics team, 
They all know their roles on this team. They know where they have to play. They know how they this, have to play. It doesn't night. matter. None of this. None of this analysis matters right now. I, I, and let me tell you. You don't why. think it'll make a difference if they move on to the next round and face possibly Golden State? No, you don't no, give them a you're, chance. You're 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 not looking at this series in the right way. Why? We could talk about oh how these players know their role in this and that, and that's all a bunch of platitudes. Okay, that's all. That's the same crap everybody else says. Let's really focus on the story of this series so far, and that's been the injuries. Jimmy Butler's injury was definitely a significant one. It's it's a big injury. Now let me let me let me go through all of this. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. So you want to know the three names on Boston's injury report? This was today, uh, okay. seven twenty three p.m. This was uh, tweeted. Jason Tatum's available. Robert Williams is available. Marcus Smart is out. No Marcus Smart. Big weapon of scoring you don't have if you're Boston. Meanwhile, Miami is going to be missing Tyler Hero. And both Lowry and Butler are nursing knee injuries. Hero's out with a groin. um, And and Butler has inflammation of the knee. He's expected to play, but he's got inflammation. And Tatum has a shoulder injury from the Celtics as well. And there's your shoot, and there's why uh, he wasn't shooting right. Well, it's going oh, yeah, to come by down. The way, yep. I just want to say one thing before we finish this off. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a series of injuries. This is a series of. Uh, at this point, it's going to come down to who can coach the the injuries better. And if, how about maybe the bench maybe can make a could could play a, a role in this one? And, and well, the bench obviously actually, Tyler well, Hero being hurt. Yeah, it's going to be a there's Miami's one. bench. Well, you have a couple. I mean, Miami's got some pieces there. You still have Udonis Haslam. We haven't really seen much of him. Maybe Udonis Haslam goes in there. Maybe Duncan Robinson plays a little bit more minutes. Oladipo can can score if you give him the time and space. He's certainly capable of being a good weapon off the bench. At you this point, Miami is going to be the team to move on. Because if you're if you're missing Marcus Smart and um, you still have Kyle Tatum, Lowry and you still have Bam out of bio, that's yeah. You got Lowry. Lowry is the key here for Miami. PJ Tucker, a good playoff veteran who won a ring with the Bucks last year. Look, I think Miami is winning this series, and but, it's kind of sad because if Tatum was able to play without being hurt, I think it's a different story. I think it's a different story if uh, Smart isn't hurt. I think it's a much different story. But right now, it looks like Miami's going to be moving on. And uh, if that's the case, it's only two games to one. You know, this is a big game for for Boston. No smart. How are you winning without Marcus Smart? And they're going to have both Butler and Lowry. Even if Butler is playing at a reduced capacity. We have seen Boston. We've seen the Celtics respond when their backs are against the wall. Has Smart been in those games where they've responded? Look. It's only two one. This series isn't over yet. Not, not yeah, Boston. Is. We have seen Boston. Yes, it I is. have seen I have seen Boston. What does the past matter? You remember how bad this Boston team started the season? They were a five hundred team through forty something games. That's great. And then they turned the corner. That's great. They started playing good defense. That's great. What does it matter? Your best player is out. Your second best player is probably okay. more hurt okay. than he's letting on. Do you remember last year when the Clippers uh, needed somebody of an unknown to step up in the playoffs for them? Uh, Terrence Mann, you remember him? He had like one of the greatest playoff performances for a Who's unknown that? player. Who's that in Boston? 
You don't think maybe, you don't think maybe perhaps, I don't know. You're reaching for about 10,000 straws. Off, maybe no. Horford can turn back the clock a little bit like he did a few games back in the playoffs. Al Horford, Al Horford is going to have to score 30 plus. And you don't think he's capable of it? He used to no. be a 30 plus point scorer. No, I don't think he's capable of it because I think he's the only person on the floor who who Miami would really have to defend at this point. Well, if Smart isn't out there and Tatum is obviously not the same offensive threat he is when he's healthy. Uh, 11 points in how many minutes you said? Yeah. He uh Tatum had 11 points in about what? 40 minutes he got he was, And now we find out he has a hurt shoulder. So he's trying exactly, to gut through an injury. Well, you know, the great players have to gut it out through some injuries. That's just how it goes in the playoffs. Expect, but you, at this point, Horford is your number one scorer then. So if Al, if you're going into if you're going into a game that is without it being an elimination game, the game that makes or breaks this series. You, you have also Jalen Brown. Don't sleep on him either. We've seen Jalen Brown carry this team. No, no, it's not good enough. It's not, not good, good enough. enough. Not, good not enough. if Butler and Lowry are still both out there. If Smart was hurt but out there, maybe I could then. This uh, is the just game. missing the presence of Smart is going to be a problem. This is the game that's going to determine Boston's season. And by the way, what did I tonight? say in the beginning of the series? And what did I say in the Buck series with Boston and Marcus Smart? That he's the one they've got to contain. That it, that they're not going to. But if they contain Smart, then the rest of that team falls apart. Now Marcus Smart wasn't in that game, and uh, ever since Smart went out, Tatum really didn't score. Mm-mm. So without Marcus Smart, your entire engine that runs that Boston offense gone. Boston's going to have to figure out some form of way, any shape or form of winning game four, if they're going to have any chance in this series, they're going to need, they're going to need some healing salve and prayer and a bunch of uh, mommy kisses and band-aids for Marcus Smartsney. This is a chance. This is a chance for an unknown to rise up and shock the world. Yep. And before we end off this episode of downtown sports, I I just want to say one thing. Everybody loved the Phoenix Suns. They were the darling of the NBA, right? All all year long, ever since that finals run, how much everybody loved the Suns, and they're so great, and, well, Chris Paul's not going to retire, and everything's so wonderful. Look what happened to them. What was, and I want to know, what were the statements coming out of the Suns when they lost that series? It seemed like they were very upset about it. They seemed oh, like, oh, we'll oh. be back next year, right? We'll just we'll just no, do it again no, next year. No, 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 uh, no. I, I will um, find it for you. Just give me one sure. moment, please. You figure, you know, obviously you'd figure the Suns would be pissed. Felt like, you know, that was their best chance. Honestly, I mean, they have, they still have year. They still have a lot of, their kids are still young. DeAndre Ayton is still young. Devin Booker is Devin Booker's still only getting better. Chris Paul, though, yes. Chris Paul's getting up there. I don't know if maybe you could say he has another year or two left in him, at least. You look at this, if you're the Suns, this was a missed opportunity for them. 
This was a missed opportunity for the Suns this year. Hmm. Could they have matched it better with Golden State? We'll really never know. Could they have given Golden State a better run for their money? Possibly. Do you want to um, hear the letter that completely turned the Suns fan base against them? Humor me. Today is a new day for Phoenix Suns fans. The work on next season is already underway as employees, fans, partners, and PayPal sixth man members of the Phoenix Suns. You should be proud of what you have helped this team and our organization accomplish for three straight seasons. We have been raising the bar on expectations and accomplishments that would not have been possible without the incredible support from the best fans in the NBA, some of whom have been with us since the start in 1968. With greater success and expectation comes deeper disappointment. That's natural. Just know we all share in it. And our organization won't be satisfied until we bring an NBA championship to the Valley. We're in this together. We win together. We lose together. We fight together. And the only way we get better is together. Thank you for supporting us all season. And we look ahead to the start of a new chapter. And who was the gentleman that wrote that, 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 that wrote this piece? Who, who, Signed who, 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 by James Jones and Jason Rowley. If that's the kind of answer I would hear from my management, if I'm the Phoenix Suns, I take that with a grain of salt. You had your chance. You you had a, a great opportunity in front of you to go back to the finals, maybe possibly win it, and it passed you by. I don't think the Suns are going to get that opportunity to get back here again. It's only going to be even harder for them to get back here next year. And then the more years they get close and close and don't win it, you're going to see that foundation break apart. The foundation that they built for the last four or five years is going to break apart. Oh, Phoenix. We thought the Phoenix was going to rise in Arizona. Oh, please, Phoenix, don't make the same mistake you did. What, in the era of Nash and Amari and Mike D'Antoni leading the way? Please don't make those mistakes again. Please don't. Mm. But I get a bad feeling we're seeing that all over again. And, uh, and, and, and just to, just to um, get the ball rolling right there. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly has been uh, suddenly hinting that Chris Paul faked his injury after Mavs embarrassed the Suns in Game 7. Apparently, according to the story, um, this is from First Sports, Mm -hmm. Patrick Beverly was at the backstage of what was a dramatic night for the Phoenix and Suns in Arizona. Army of Mavericks brought them to their knees. The Pillars of Phoenix, Chris Paul and Devin Booker couldn't do anything. And 30-point lead, halftime. Let's get to where it said the thing. Um, oh, so apparently backstage, uh, Patrick Beverly said literally, let's see who puts out the fake hurt move. Y'all stay locked in. 
let's see who pulls the fake hurt to move down in a dub. <laughs> uh, and wow. then all of the sudden, CP3 grabs his leg. So now Patrick Beverly might actually think that Chris Paul faked his injury in game seven. He's going to have this vendetta. I mean, you know, maybe maybe the Phoenix Suns go out there and grab Beverly. Can you imagine if those two have to play together next year? Can you imagine that? Wow. So there will we, be have, we have there will prote- be blood. We have potential Chris Paul faking an injury. We have. Oh, wait. Yeah. Some other Suns players are uh, unnamed. Uh, you know, we were hurt. We were injured. If we had our full roster. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was from uh, Bridges. Oh, yeah. Didn't Mike M- M- Michael Bridges say yes, that? Yes, yes. That's right. Yeah, that's Michael right. Bridges. So we have Bridges talking crap about we were hurt. Then you got Patrick Beverly saying Chris Paul faked this thing. And then you have that wonderful letter basically saying that it's the, basically if you read the syntax of the letter, they win together. They lose together. So the fans lost. So all those people that paid all that money to go to game seven and to leave at halftime. Well, they did lose. Yeah, they badly. lost a lot of money. Badly. They lost. uh they lost their time. They could have. They could have. They could have rearranged their sock drawer. That would have been more entertaining for a Suns fan than to go to that game seven where that team no showed. Mm-hmm. All the excuses and the Suns no showed. I like to see what excuses they'll have if they don't make it next year, and maybe the year after that, and the year after that. Well, the Suns pulled a Golden State and said, you don't want to see us next year. Watch when we're better, when we're back, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Do it. Just like I told Golden State, do it. But unfortunately, Golden State's doing it much to my chagrin. But anyway. But with that, that's going to conclude our NBA edition of Downtown Sports. And it's going to conclude our special episode. Today, I want to thank Chris DeLarge. I want to thank our researcher, Tony Mainville, for the MLB Top 10 and for the NBA Conference Finals. want to thank our, our great producer, Girl Friday, Tanya Williams, for the work she does and our entire team. You can listen to Downtown Sports on 18 different platforms, on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Ballorum, Podday, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Virgil, Castro.fm, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Audible. Episodes, rants, Digital Market Battle Specials every week. We are Downtown Sports, and we are where sports come home. For the BC, Sean DePariente, it's the mouth of the South. John Shaloni saying, we're out. Um, Yeah, let, no, not let's go Warriors. I, I hope the Warriors lose, and I hope the Celtics lose. <sighs> let's go, Mets. Goodbye.